And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. podcast for your indie gaming needs i'm your host carrington and with me i have my brother donovan hey donovan how are you this evening doing well good doing well you... after work <laughs> yeah i was gonna say are you excited as i am i am yes and the reason we are excited is because we have a fantastic guest here on the show he has he's an artist so we have another artist that we met uh here in cincinnati at cincinnati comic expo uh and particularly he does a lot of you know a little franchise you might know as star wars uh joe caroni joe how are you today hey guys uh i'm doing good thanks thanks for having me on oh no problem uh, I I saw you do uh, last year at Cincy Comic Expo do that sketch tour, and I was very very impressed with that. And that's what really turned me on to uh, oh, yeah. your art and your art style uh, a lot. You did a very good job, and I I always find those sketch tools very interesting. Yeah, that was I think that was I mean I've been doing conventions for like twenty years or so, but that was that was my first sketch duel on a panel. I I mean I've drawn in front of audiences before, but that was my first official sketch duel so that was that was kind of fun yeah that, that was funny and if, I, if i remember right it was uh, the theme was with batman and yoda i don't remember the whole context of it but i just remember it was yoda and, and, and batman were involved somehow and you and andy ben yeah did a fantastic job <laughs> right right andy did uh basically we threw questions to the we at the end of our panel it was like we had the audience it's a pretty packed panel so we there were a lot of great ideas. We had the audience throw ideas at us, and one was it ended up being Batman and Yoda were was the was the mashup or whatever. Yeah. So and Andy Bennett it was actually a friend of mine I went to school with, so he was my dueling partner there, and he did uh yeah Batman carrying Yoda on his back. So that was that was pretty funny. That oh, was that a little was, uh, That was that was. <laughs> <laughs> I took it more literally with Batman fighting Yoda, I think, but. I, that's yeah. why I find those uh, sketches so interesting because you never know what the artists themselves, what they're going to do when you, when you throw those ideas out. So it's, it's just really cool to see that happen, like live and, and in person kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And keeping in mind with that, how did you get started as an artist in the industry? How did you begin? Um, well, we have to go way back to uh, I started getting, I guess, officially published when I was still in college, uh, my sophomore year of art college. So we're talking early nineties. Um, so, I mean, but I've been drawing my whole life prior to that. And then once I got to high school, I, I pretty much knew I wanted to work in comic books at some point for a career. Um, 
so then I went to art college, uh, and I went to a Comic-Con in uh, just out of, outside of Columbus, Ohio, where I was going to school in Mansfield. Um, it was Mid-OhioCon where they used to have it back in the day. And then I took my portfolio around. This was back in the early 90s, so big publishers actually still showed up to the small shows like Marvel and DC and Dark Horse, but I showed my work to them, but it was actually a smaller company, um, an independent studio that ended up giving me some work. Uh, they saw my samples at the Comic-Con, I, and then I ended up getting a call from them, I think, a month or two later, and ended up getting a gig drawing a, a comic book for this small publisher, and then that led to uh, other freelance work in college and getting like lots of role-playing game artwork. Um, uh, back in, in the you know mid '90s, I was doing stuff for uh, some smalling, smaller gaming companies. Uh, and then th- once I graduated art college, I had already had a professional portfolio. And then at that point, I sent my samples to a publisher who was doing the Star Wars role-playing game. So I'd already done some other gaming art for other smaller companies and some comic book stuff. So. I got my uh, got my first uh, Star Wars gig, I think, right out of college, just doing freelance illustration work for the the Star Wars role playing game, and that led to me over the course of a couple of years illustrating like twelve different books for them, lots of gaming modules, and then some magazine artwork for the Star Wars game, and then yeah, and then it kind of just took off from there. Wow, and that is quite. <laughs> History there. That's a lot. And so yeah, um, yeah. I started early. I didn't want to waste time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was, what were your inspirations? Like, what what did you start out drawing? Like, what were your your topics or subjects? Well, I mean, I was I grew up on comic books and Star Wars, so those were my those were my inspirations my entire life since like I was four years old. Really, I mean, I saw. The first Star Wars film, when it came out in 77, I was like barely four years old. So that made a huge impact on me. Um, I went home, you know, and then the toys weren't out yet, but the Marvel comics were. So um, one of my first comic books that um, probably my very first comic book was the Star Wars Marvel adaptation um, that came out that summer. The same, the same, you know, the month, this would have been. Actually, I think I got it for my birthday in July, so the movie had been out for a few months. So I got the comic book adaptation a couple months later, and that's kind of how I relived Star Wars as a kid was through the comic books because this was back before VHS and obviously before cable and all that. So, um, And then the toys didn't come out until the following – like the following year, really. Uh, it was – so I, but then that was also again a major inspiration was once the toys came out from Kenner, I had the Star Wars toys and I was reliving the movie and I was I would draw the characters. Uh, it was really the Marvel comic book that kind of wanted. Uh, once I realized that Star Wars and comics were a thing, and that turned me on to other comic books like Batman and Spider Man, and I was collecting all of them. Uh, Avengers, you name it, uh, X-Men. Um, so Star Wars comics opened the door to all these other comics. And then I was just drawing. My imagination was just, that's that's kind of how I uh, became inspired to be an artist, I guess. And just started drawing my entire life ever since. And it just never stopped. Wow. And so how did it feel when you got that first gig uh, 
you were reached out to and you were asked to do art for Star Wars, what was going through your mind? Well, that was a big deal. I mean, I still remember the phone call um, from the editor at Weston Games, which was the company. I don't even know if they're still around. I don't think they are, but they had the license to to publish the Star Wars role-playing game. So I'd sent, uh, right after I graduated college, I'd sent a portfolio of some black and white samples. Didn't really hear anything for a few months, but then I sent another batch and had some color work and some paintings in there. And then shortly after that, I just remember uh, getting the phone call on my answer machine, and I, 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 you got to realize this is 90, 96, I think. So the special editions at that time weren't out yet. Um, they came out in 97, but there was, and this is pre-internet, really. So, I mean, the internet was really, really new at this point. So it was kind of like we knew we'd heard rumors of the Star Wars being, films being re-released, but no one really knew. There, were, there weren't any trailers or anything yet. Um, so this is pre this is pre Star Wars Renaissance Part Two basically because from the nineteen pretty much after Return of the Jedi from like eighty four until gosh I mean it was the dark ages for Star Wars from eighty four to like ninety six or seven so but that said I was still a huge Star Wars nerd and a huge Star Wars fan there weren't a lot of I mean there there were a lot of my roommates were too. They were Star Wars nerds. Not as hardcore as I was, but it just wasn't. Star Wars wasn't as big as it used to be anymore. There was that that like ten year or twelve year gap, even thirteen years, where there wasn't a lot of Star Wars stuff happening at all. And I knew there was the Star Wars comics from Dark Horse, which had been out for a few years already, and then there was the Star Wars role playing game. And I tried to get in with Dark Horse, but I wasn't getting a response from them. Then I submitted to the role-playing game company, and then they called me back. And that was huge. For me, That as a lifelong Star Wars fan, with there only being a few opportunities to actually make official Star now, now you now it's everywhere. Now you can get a job with any company doing Star Wars. But back then, it was only a few publishers that were doing it. And that was a huge deal for, for me, being as hardcore about Star Wars as I am. So I was... I was over the moon when I got that phone call and they were like, Hey, we want you to illustrate some star Wars game books if you're interested. And my knees were shaking and I was sweating. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. So it was a big deal. Nice. And what, what was the first uh, project that they had you work on? What was like the first thing that they asked you to draw for that? Oh, it was a, yeah, it, it was a supplemental like game, like a, like a, a, a gaming book, like a module, a campaign book. I think it was called No Disintegrations, and it was basically just just a, a campaign book that goes along with the game, and it had a bunch of characters and uh, like random Star Wars characters. I got to design different aliens and spaceships, and you know, just lots of black and white illustrations. And then that led to other gaming companions. It was basically like D and D, but for Star Wars, essentially. So I was doing lots of interior illustrations for all these different books. And, that led to like color work and cover illustrations too. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's amazing. And the artwork, I mean, your artwork as well is uh, what you do. It's very, uh, and so with, with that, now that so many Star Wars movies have come out and TV shows and things, can you narrow down your favorite one? Uh, and this can go from now until 
back to 1977. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the the first Star Wars film will always have. Well, I think will, that will always be my favorite uh, because it means the most to me in terms of it. Sort of, well, it it, it majorly inspired me to become an artist and and it inspired my imagination my creativity and as a kid of the late 70s and and of the 80s um growing up in that time with star wars just being brand new and being the pop culture phenomenon that it was like it it just took over my my childhood and my brain and it's to this day i mean it never it just it never went away it just sort of it's been it's kind of in my dna basically it's part of my blood and my and my soul basically it's like i think i still love doing star wars i still love drawing and painting it i still love getting to create it so the first star wars film for that reason is my favorite and that said empire strikes back obviously is the best star wars film ever made (laughs) obviously (laughs) you know in terms of like it's yeah, I mean, it's the best story, it's the best art direction, it's the best acting, it's the best directing, it's it's all of that. It's as, as a piece of art and entertainment, The Empire Strikes Back is, you know, is, is right there. But I, I only put A New Hope above that personally just because it sort of kicked off everything. We wouldn't have Empire without Star Wars, so. This is true. It makes sense, though. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Now you said that your first commission was for a Star Wars role playing game uh, back in the mm-hmm. mid to late nineties. Are you do you role play yourself at all, or was that was that also like another dream come true for you, or was that just a, a commission uh, well, come true just to do Star Wars? Yeah, it was more just to do Star Wars. I mean, I did I did play like D and D, and I grew up mm-hmm. prior to illustrating like professionally for anyone i mean i i, w- I played D with some friends as a kid i played the marvel superheroes game role-playing game from tsr back in the day so i collected all the miniatures because i was a big comic book geek too and i and i still kind of am but um i mean i was huge comic book collector and fan so i i when they did a marvel superheroes role-playing game i I played that with my friends. I collected all the little miniatures. I had all the books. So I, I did do role-playing games as a kid up through up through high school and then a little bit in college whenever I had time. Me and my friends would get together and play D&D. But it was, it was um, more, uh, yeah, more passive kind of, kind of experience in mm-hmm. college then. And then, uh, yeah, so when I got into doing this, when I got to do the Star Wars role-playing game artwork, I was very familiar with the concepts of role-playing games i knew how they worked and i played the star wars game actually prior to illustrating for it because the game had technically come out in 88 Mm -hmm. and like i said back in from like 84 to like nine until dark horse started doing the comics in the early 90s there wasn't a lot of star wars stuff being produced at all there was dark horse comics with with dark empire and then um then there was uh Weston Games put out the Star Wars role-playing game in 1988, and I remember going to the comic book store and seeing that on the shelf, going, "What the heck is this?" Like they had the the source books and the the the, the first rule books out, and I was like, "I can't believe there's new Star Wars stuff on the shelf." So I grabbed it immediately, took it home, and started making up my own characters. I mean, my friends would play. So this was 88. I did that for a few. I was so I was definitely familiar with. By the time I think in 94 
596 when I started sending my samples to the publisher. Um, yeah, so I kind of like knew what the game was like. I knew what mm-hmm. they were looking for. So it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty easy. <laughs> I'm not easy, but it was, it was uh, kind of tailor. My portfolio was tailor made to get their attention. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, were you able to get a, a, a copy of that source book? Do you ever look back on it and be like, man, I've moved so far oh, yeah. since then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still have all the game books on my shelf. So, I mean, I collected, um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm still a huge star Wars collector, but mm-hmm. in terms of like, well, not huge, but I mean, I, I collect the toys here and there, not everything. I'm not a completist or anything, but I mean, back then, especially I was also collecting a lot of star Wars. So I had, I have like pretty much the entire line of the role-playing game uh, books and I still have them on my shelf. So I see them like every day when I walk by the bookshelf and I know I've got art in a bunch of them too, but I mean, it's so long ago, that artwork, I look at it now. I'm just like, Oh my God, that artwork's so terrible. But <laughs> um, you know, I was just starting out as a professional 20 some years ago. So it's not like what I do now, totally different. But, mm-hmm. And, you know, when you brought up how also there was like this drought of Star Wars, because me and Donovan were both born in that drought, but our father still passed mm-hmm. his love from Star Wars on to us. So I don't really remember there being a drought because I was, we were in the middle of it. So right. for us, it was just still new and exciting. And then when the special editions came out, you know, that was for us, that was the coolest right. thing ever. We got to see Star Wars in theaters with our dad, you know, that was a, that was just a cool yeah. memory for us. So that's interesting that you said there was a drought because from our point of view, it's just, it was just different because it was still new to us. Yeah, there was hardly, I mean, there were no toys being made. Uh, there was no, I mean, now Star Wars is everywhere and it's on everything. You you, right. you trip over it. But mm-hmm. but from after Return of the Jedi came out and then really Kenner put out the power of the Force figures like in 1984, 85. And that was like the last line of Star Wars toys. And they, you know, they were competing with G.I. Joe and transformers which were brand new at the time which i was i started getting into those which even though i still love star wars i was collecting this other stuff and then star wars mm-hmm. just couldn't compete at that point so it the toys were and, and with no new star wars films after return of the jedi i mean it there wasn't anything driving the star wars market and and it really i mean yeah i mean as as kids i can see like you growing up not realizing that but mm-hmm. as a you know i guess i would have been in my late teens early 20s mid 20s like that that i mean people it almost like star wars was just like a memory to a lot of people oh yeah that's that star wars and it wasn't like now everyone's a star wars fan but back during that dry spell it was kind of like you know you knew someone was cool if, if they liked Star Wars, even though it wasn't popular anymore. <laughs> it wasn't now. Oh, you're into Star Wars too? Yes, all right. You know, you found one of your best friends at that point. But <laughs> that's that's totally fair and uh, actually pretty awesome. Kind of cool to hear that 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 kind of perspective from from then, uh, while which is uh, an era like I said that we grew up in. Now we were able to yeah. meet um, during a Cincinnati Comic Expo. Kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, how does that compare to other cons that you attend? Cause I, I follow you on Instagram and I notice you attend the, the con circuit, so to speak. So how does Cincy comic expo mm-hmm. fit into the whole, uh, expo circuit for you? Well, it's one of my favorites personally, cause it's only, I'm it well, primarily not just because it's 
kind of, I mean, I'm like three hours or three and a half hours away. So it's not that far, but mm-hmm. um, it's, the, I think of the fact that it's, there's such a huge Star Wars presence there with the 501st Legion, the Rebel Legion, the, the Mando Mercs, uh, the Mandalorian Mercs, rather, um, Mando Mercs is the nickname, but mm-hmm. all those costuming groups. Um, so the fact that since Cincy Comic Expo has a huge Star Wars presence there and they do all the displays and they they really like not every convention does that not every convention um you know puts all their 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 ducks in the star wars basket but mm-hmm. um but since he does it makes it for me as a as a fan but also as a professional it, it's really good for me because then i i do a lot of star wars art which i promote and sell so it's good to see that kind of there at that particular show but that said you know since he's kind of a local show and i have a lot of friends there and yeah yeah the fans are always awesome so it's definitely up there as one of my favorites very nice and is there anything besides the star wars thing that also makes it different or unique than than other conventions i saw you were at the new york uh comic expo uh what was it last weekend i think uh yeah i think it would have been well two weeks now i think two weekends ago yeah okay yeah so how would you say even though new york's much bigger so the sides or the size of it being a side uh, how do they compare to each other because i didn't get a chance to go to new york uh personally unfortunately yeah yeah new york is amazing like you you get huge shows like new york comic-con or san diego comic-con which are a part of my schedule every year and i've been Mm -hmm. doing those shows for years now and and those are the two biggest and they're also two of my favorite i mean not if i i don't want to compare like like since is more you know it's more you get more of a uh personal experience when you go to that show because it is okay. smaller but mm-hmm. new york is like you know since might get fifty thousand fans whereas uh new york will get a hundred and fifty thousand or like a hundred and thirty thousand fans so it's, it's much bigger in scope mm-hmm. um and it's a lot more it's it's just way more intense uh, what uh, from my perspective, because I'm I'm working the show from my booth, so it's it's a lot more work. Whereas since you know, it's 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 a lot of work too. But I, I still have fun in New York. I have fun too. It's just it's like one is just massive, and the other one's more like you actually get time to kind of hang out and talk with friends and visit with people a little more. New York is just like once that show kicks off, you are just you know like it's you're going 100 miles per hour all day every day. So. It's it's an intense experience, but it is fun. I mean, you get all mm-hmm. the huge celebrities, all the movie studios, and all the major comic book publishers come out to that one. So you get all that. You know, you're basically in geek heaven. And but when I do Cincy, I'm kind of like in this nice little Star Wars heaven. So it's kind of a it's a nice little contrast. Right. Great. And so we've talked about you know you starting out working with Lucas Films and uh, talked about your Star Wars fandom and CincyCon and New YorkCon, but now we have to touch on just a little bit, uh, since we are primarily a, a gaming podcast, we we have to ask, are you yourself uh, a gamer? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I would, I, I would, what I, um, I would call myself a, a casual gamer. I mean, I do have, I mean, I, I just upgraded to the Xbox One X, so, um, which I'd been meaning to do for a little while, and I finally mm-hmm. pulled the trigger on that, and, um, but yeah, I mean, I play, there's a handful of games. I mean, I usually don't play more than two or three games a year because I, I tend to like, 
that's all I really have time for. And it's usually games that me and my, my, my best friends and I will get together and it has to be a game that we all like so that we all, it's good. We, I do a lot of multiplayer online gaming with my friends basically. So, but I, that's it. I do play the occasional RPG by myself once in a while. So. Oh, nice. Uh, what are some of the top games that you like to play? Well, I'm, let's see right now. What am I playing? Uh, I just picked up Spider-Man for the PS4. So I have a PS4 also. Um, so I'm digging that. I just, I mean, I just cracked it though. I mean, I, I barely scratched the surface on it, but it's, it's really cool so far. Um, uh, the other games I've been playing regularly, Sea of Thieves for Xbox, which is such a goofy, fun uh, game. It's like, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean meets Grand Theft Auto, but more cartoony, I guess. Um, so Sea of Thieves is really fun. Basically, you're just pirates and me and my buddies, you know, where you act like pirates, you you know, you, you, you sail a, a, a big ship and you blow up other pirates, you steal their treasure, you fight skeletons, you, you know, you're sailing around volcanoes. It's crazy, but it's fun. Um, and then uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. So that's sort of, I know the game gets a lot of flack because of the whole loot crate system and people, but you know, so many other games are doing the loot crate thing already. It's just the fact that star Wars is such a huge commercial franchise that you, you tack anything on that. It's going to get, you know, it's, it's going to get ridiculed no matter what. So, uh, but yeah. the game is great. I mean, I, I love battlefront. I mean, me, me and my friends play battlefront too, like all the time. So um, it's easy to pick up and just, you know, you get lost in the Star Wars world of shooting stormtroopers and and battle droids and stuff. So it's uh, I have a lot of fun with that one. Oh, great. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to pick up Battlefront 2, but I played the first one, well, the 2015 Battlefront one. Yeah. For, for a, that one's okay. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, one, the, the new one just blows it away, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, they have yeah, to it's a totally up. different game. Yeah, the, the Battlefront that came out when Force Awakens came out, it was fun. You know, it was it was more of a it had more of that arcade kind of feel where you it, it was kind of dumbed down for like you know kind of more uh, I don't know like just general audiences kind of game. But then mm-hmm. <laughs> Battlefront Two is like everything Battlefront One should have been. So Battlefront Two is just like you know, wall to wall, like hardcore Star Wars action shooter. Like it, it just amps up everything and it's way more intense and way more dynamic than, uh, cause I played the first one a lot and then I was like, Oh, this game's good. But then Battlefront two came out. I was like, Oh my God, this is like 10 times better. It's like, it's what the first one should have been. I have to pick that one up. And then, uh, so you had Spider-Man as, uh, that you played just a little bit, but what are your, what are your thoughts and kind of where did you leave off last? Oh, I can't, I mean, like I said, I just barely, barely, I'm like five or 10% into the game at this point. Um, I got it right before New York Comic-Con and I haven't had a chance to play it too much since I've been home, but my first impressions of it, it's, it's, it's definitely very reminiscent of, uh, of Batman uh, Arkham Asylum games, you know, by Rocksteady. So like those, which I love those games. I love the Arkham, the Arkham Asylum game, Arkham Knight. And, you know, um, those were, those were great games. I think I only finished 
one or two of them all the way through and there was one or two of them that I didn't finish but I, I know I played them all um and so Spider-Man is has that open world it's even more open world than the Arkham games were but the the fighting the combat uh you know the way the way the combat works in the game it's very similar to Batman Arkham the Arkham games which I like a lot um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 Spider-Man, so it's definitely more lighthearted and colorful, and and it it has that GTA feel where it's open world. You can interact with NPCs and run around. Um, but I, I'm a huge comic book nerd, so getting to see like some of these characters even right off the bat, like Kingpin and and Doc Ock, you know, right you meet them right away in the game, and um, yeah, so it's cool to see those versions of the characters kind of reinterpreted you know in this new this new game there have been other spider-man games and i've played a few of them casually and you know they're kind of like eh, whatever this one is definitely i can see sort of setting the standard for other marvel and other comic book games kind of kind of like how batman did i think it's spider-man's kind of following suit there yeah and i mean buckle up because while you get Spider-Man, things happen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait to, to. I I saw that they're already updating new suits and new downloads. I'm like, oh crap! I'm like, I gotta catch up. I gotta. Uh, it's hard trying to find time, and then I got all this artwork in front of me, just waiting to get done. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Now, since we're on the subject of games, I was. Wondering, this one's a kind of an oldie, and it was more than just a game. You know, it was a comic book series and all that kind of stuff. Well, I shouldn't say series, but there was a comic book out there. Did you ever get a chance to play or, or read or get into Shadows of the Empire? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a huge deal uh, back in the mid-'90s. That was like 90 – again, that was like 1997. That was right after the uh, special editions were released – and I remember because at the time I had just, I, for that year, I'd been working for Weston Games on the Star Wars game, mm-hmm. role-playing game already for about a year at that point. So when Shadows of the Empire came out, um, as that was a, that wasn't just a video game. I mean, it was like, it was a multimedia, it was basically what Lucasfilm was doing. It was like Star Wars uh, 2.5 or I guess. 5.5 because empire strikes back is mm-hmm. chapter five but so it was sort of like shadows of the empire was everything about star wars uh, everything about a star wars movie except for the movie itself so you had the novel you had the video game you had the toy line you had the trading cards you had all this stuff and i remember playing the video game and me and my roommates played it religiously and at the time i was doing artwork for the shadows of the empire like supplemental books that were coming out for the role-playing game. So I was playing the video game and I was doing artwork for the, for the role-playing game. And I was, you know, I had the soundtrack, I had the comic book at adap- you know, at adaptation from dark horse and from the novel. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it was shadows of the empire was a, was a really big deal. 
1997. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember all the only exposure Donovan and I had as kids was the video game because our dad picked it up uh, as a kid. So that's a fond memory that the three of us have uh, growing up. And then it was only later in life that I figure out like it's, it was this huge, it was a huge deal, you know, back in the mid 90s oh, yeah. that came out. And so it was just really cool to, I was just want to see if uh, maybe you had the chance to be a part of that little bit of Star Wars history as it was going on as well. Yeah, yeah. In a small way, I, I just through the role playing game, I was doing artwork for the books. But beyond that, I was definitely entrenched in it as a fan with the video game. And I was collecting the action figures that were coming out from Hasbro and um, the Hildenbrands did the Shadows of the Empire trading cards uh, for tops. So mm -hmm. I was collecting all the trading cards and I just got to meet Greg Hildenbrandt uh, at New York Comic-Con a couple weeks ago, and he's an in incredible illustrator, amazing artist. Uh, he's been around for years. He's done so many different things. But I got to meet him in person and tell him that, you know, hey, your Shadows of the Empire artwork, when was coming out at the time, I was just breaking into Star Wars as an artist. It was just He's always been a huge influence of mine, so... That was pretty cool. That is, uh, that is actually really cool and really awesome. <laughs> One thing that Donovan yeah, and I yeah. always say too is like, you know, even though Disney kind of retcons the whole expanded universe outside of things, this Dash Rendar uh, would make a comeback in some way, shape, or form because we we absolutely <laughs> loved him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny because I was never a huge Dash Rendar fan, and and I know that kids like younger audiences that it's kind of like the prequels. So mm -hmm. kids that that grew up with the prequels they really love the prequels and i noticed that at comic cons because now those kids are in their 20s or in and they've grown up now they have spending money and my, my prequel artwork for star wars used to not sell and now it sells because those kids who grew up with the prequels you know they 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 love those movies i'm not saying i don't but most people most star wars fans who were older weren't fans of the prequels so mm -hmm that kind of artwork didn't really sell for a while but now like my artwork of grievous and the clone troopers that i that i did back in the day like all that stuff is selling now so it's it's cool that it, it finally comes back around same with dash rendar so like at the time you know i'm in my 20s i'm like a cool kid and i'm like ah oh, dash rendar he's like a han solo ripoff no one none of my friends liked him his his droid sidekick lebo is like ah, oh, he's kind of lame and but then like now like it's funny to hear like kids like that have grown up now are like oh we love dash rendar it's, it's those fond memories of of star wars that you know so that is uh that's actually pretty uh pretty uh pretty funny and speaking of people yeah. that have grown up uh do you have any advice for maybe any aspiring artists out there who may be listening to the show right now um well i would say yeah definitely if you're an artist and create what you're passionate about it, with me it was easy because i grew up loving star wars and comic books so i just that was my inspiration star wars was my muse ever since i was a kid so stay true to what you're passionate about whether it doesn't have to be star wars or comics but whatever it is you like to, to illustrate whether it's other movies or other subject matter. I mean, like, I think as long as you don't let anyone give you flack for what you love and you, you just follow your passion and you stay true to it. I think um, eventually you'll succeed, hopefully, you know, at, at uh, being an artist, you know, professionally, if, if you, 
you know, as long as you're drawing every day and you stay true to your passion and don't let people try to steer you a different direction, don't get stuck in a job that you hate, you know, it's, it's not easy being an artist. Like there's no, there's no one right way to be successful or to succeed. But I, I learned from my experience, like, I mean, I had opportunities to take other like advertising jobs and other kind of illustrator jobs with other companies that what, you know, drawing stuff that wasn't fun, like artwork for textbooks and stuff like that. But I always knew that comic books and were my passion and star Wars was my, was my main passion. So I just never settled. Like I kept pursuing those kind of projects. I kept pursuing that kind of work. And because I put all of my heart and soul into that artwork, that eventually got me noticed. And then it opened up doors and then that's how I was able to, to succeed. So I think that's the, that's the best advice I can really give is just follow your passion to stay true to yourself. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. And just the last couple of questions, listeners out there, what, what, um, what are you doing? What's going on? Um, well, basically I'm working on, uh, you probably guessed it, Star Wars art. So I've, I've got new Star Wars paintings coming out. Um, I'm doing stuff, uh, for Disney, just like I do Star Wars art for their fine art division. And I've got some paintings I, I need to finish for them soon. Um, I'm working on artwork for Star Wars Celebration, uh, which hopefully will get approved by Lucasfilm. I won't know for sure yet, but, uh, hopefully I'll find out soon but I will be at Star Wars Celebration and that's the big Star Wars convention that happens every few years. The next one's in Chicago uh, this coming April. So if you're a Star Wars fan, I definitely recommend checking out uh, Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I'll be there. I'll have a booth there selling my Star Wars art, of course. Uh, So I got that coming down the road. I got lots more shows coming down the road for next year too. You can, um, if you want to follow me online, I suggest just checking out my website, uh, joecaroni.com. And um, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm pretty easy to find online. So all my social media is on my website, too. So, um, yeah, just follow me online and everyone can keep up with my um, upcoming projects and what I'm working on. Nice. And I noticed on your website that you're developing your own comic death avenger are you able to talk about that yeah 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 i haven't worked on that in a while but i i was that is one of my uh personal pet projects that um i've been basically dabbling with over the years it started i actually self-published it uh many many years ago when i was just getting into comics back in the mid to late 90s as a professional illustrator and then it just, it was just like some Ashcan editions, which were in Ashcans were like mini comics that were, they used to be like a fad back in, in the mid to late nineties at comic cons. So I put out some of those. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's still something I want to get back to at some point. It's my creator owned property. It's, it's basically, it's, it's a vigilante story. I would say it, it takes a lot of inspiration from Batman and the Punisher, but also um, there's some fun. Uh, it's more of an, it's definitely some action movie and even horror movie influences involved in the story. So it's kind of my, yeah, my love letter to, to 
I guess, uh, films and comics and action movies and gritty 80s characters type storytelling. So yeah, that that's that's what Death Avenger is. And eventually I'll get to finishing it and I'll get to actually at some point when I'm not trying to uh, let Star Wars take over my world all the time. So, Well, I hope someday we get to see it. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully uh, you had a f- fun as well, and we would love to have you on the show again sometime soon, maybe after Star Wars Celebration, see what you thought about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, I mean, I'd be willing to come back on maybe just before Celebration if you guys uh, want me back uh, before April, just just so I can promote, if I've got new Star Wars art coming out, I can share it with your, your audience and let everyone know about it. Yeah, sure, that'd be perfect. We'll see you in March, April-ish then. Okay, sounds good. All right, Joe, thank you very much. And as always, have a good
The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.